Hey guys, welcome back to the Hole in One Golf Podcast in 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bull. It's great to be back. Joining me in this episode is Stephen Scarhill, who was part of the New Zealand team that won the Eisenhower Trophy in 1992. I managed to get hold of Stephen across the ditch over in Sydney, Australia, where he currently lives. And Stephen tells me how a call from Michael Campbell set them both on a path to winning the World Amateur Team Championship. Stephen would then go on to play successfully on various professional tours around the world. He went on the Challenge Tour and he kept his European tour card for a number of years, playing against the best players in Europe. Stephen would then head to Australia and reestablish himself in a completely different career. And he almost vanished from the golfing spotlight. So I was keen to hear what he was up to now. Hey, Jack. Hey, Stephen, how's it going? I'm good, how are you? Very good, thanks. Thanks a lot for talking to me, appreciate it. No, no, no problem, looks like you got a better background than I do. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just a random picture there of the, the local club up in Honest Barrow where I play golf, so it's a bit better than my wall. <laughs> where, where, whereabouts is the golf club? Uh, it's in Honest Barrow, it's kind of um, yeah, south south of Auckland, north, north Waikato. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Near, near Pukekohe, I don't know where oh, yeah. you're from. But... Yeah, that no, looks like a very typical New Zealand course yeah. with the pine trees and <laughs> green, green grass. <laughs> no, I'm used to seeing the ones yeah. over here. It's all brown and burnt off. <laughs> yeah, it's way, it's way different over with you, isn't it? So where, whereabouts yeah. are you living these days then? So I'm in, I'm in Sydney. Um, we live down, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a, a football club called the Cronulla Sharks. Yeah, I've heard um, of that, yeah. So that's about, about half an hour south of the city uh, is Cronulla. So we live in there. Actually, I live right next to the, the football ground. So um, in, in Cronulla, so not far from the beach and not that far from the city. So the airport's not too far too, so it's good. Oh, I mean, Sydney's a, a lovely place to live, isn't it? As Well, Australia is as well, but just almost as good as New Zealand probably. <laughs> well, exactly. I'm, I, would, I would definitely say New Zealand's better, but I haven't lived there for such a long time now that it's hard to remember sometimes. Yeah, so I guess you've lived... I mean, what, what took you over to um, Australia then since you've been living there? Well, I, I, I left New Zealand really to go play golf way back in, uh, been, I guess, 93. Really, wow. was the last ninety-two was probably the last year that I really lived there for the whole year, and then from there it was just it was all travel. But um, it wasn't until I finished playing golf that, I, that we moved here, you know, settled yeah. here. We never had a place here or anything, but yeah. uh, but I had a lot of friends here. My wife's sister lives here, so that was a good reason to kind of pick Sydney, you know. Oh yeah, so. sure, yeah. Um, so I mean, like, where whereabouts are you from originally in New Zealand? There's North North Island, is it? Yeah, North, North Island. So. Growing up as a kid in Tauranga in the Bay of Plenty yeah. area, and then um, and then really later on in life moving down once I left school and all that moving down to Wellington, um, and working with Mel Tung down there at Manor Park Golf Club and yeah. it's been a I guess two two full years there two or three actually probably three years down there and then um, and then once I turned professional the you know on a plane basically oh yeah and that was that was that off off on your wild travels all around the world but, um, that's right off so what, what time world. did you start when, what when did you start playing like what sort of age and all that and oh probably 13 14 like something like that the old man was a was a an okay golfer i think he got down to five or six <laughs> handicap but um i never really remember him playing that like that but i just trudged around with him you know yep. uh, just for something to do and when that when the there was no one you know, no one on the course. There was an opportunity to say, "You can have a hit here and have a hit there," and got addicted to it pretty quick, as most golfers do. 
Wow. So, I mean, like I read that you got down, you were like off scratch within about a year or, or 18 months. Like, is that true? Yeah, it was, it was pretty quick. <laughs> it was pretty quick, fortunately. So um, the, the improvement, mind you, I was spending every waking hour uh, on the golf course, so yeah. that helped. <laughs> oh, wow. So you, you were just pretty much addicted and you were just playing all the oh, time. It was, yeah. it was crazy. I remember we, we every as soon as I could get home from school, I was just on my bike, put the clubs over my shoulder, yeah. bike down to the corner of the course, and I played a little loop of three or four holes until it was too dark to see and bike oh, wow. back up the hill home for dinner and do it all again the next day. So, I mean, were you always just wanting to be a golfer at that point or did you have any, you know, did you do anything else besides golf, like other sports or any other... I did play a lot of other sports. I did. I did all sorts. I was yep. very much into rugby. Yep. Played first fifteen at, at the um, and some representative rugby. I did some uh, track and field. I was very keen uh-huh. on. I did some representative track and field as well. A um, little bit of tennis, a little bit of cricket. So I was, yep. I was a, just a you know sports um, nut really. Uh, any any anything. Um, but but it's and, and then golf came into the picture as well through that time. So I was doing everything for a while, and then. Um, wasn't really until I left school and then I, I wanted to continue playing rugby and I played my first sort of uh, game against you know, non-school non boys and, and I remember going on the field and all these guys, oh, <laughs> these big Maori guys, guys. <clears throat> and I got sm- yeah. smashed a few times and I thought, you know what, if I'm going to get serious about golf, this is probably not a good way to go. So that was the last game of rugby, first and last after school. <laughs> wow, oh, after so you, you basically just played loads of sports, but I guess then you just picked golf kind of you to... Well, early on, my dad, my dad told me a story once. He said that, and I was quite young. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't been playing that long, but I had a um, under my bed was a wooden floor, and it's I must have been only 15, 16 or something like that. And I'd scratched into the floor apparently all my all my goals, like play for oh, wow. New Zealand, and I, I put the apparently the Eisenhower Trophy was in there, and I wanted to turn professional. I wanted to do this. I had a, this list that I'd scratched into the floor apparently when I was when the Eisenhower turned pro. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny, but we moved, uh, so I never got a chance to kind of go back to the house and and look at it. But that's what he told me. So I I can't remember doing it, but I guess maybe it was true. Wow. Well, so that was like on. Was it on your radar to to actually play represent New Zealand, playing the Eisenhower Trophy? You know, when it. Oh yeah, that's from from a from from a very young age. I can remember that's that's all I really wanted to do was be a professional golfer. Absolutely. Or initially as a professional sportsman, right? I wanted yep. to, that's, that's what I'm doing. That sort of narrowed down that, hey, golf was probably the best, best chance of that. You know? So, I mean, how did you kind of pursue like your passion and your, your sort of golf career? Did you just play all the amateur events and then set your sights on doing well? Yeah, and big step. And... Well, a big step for me was, you know, I'd played some representative golf for Bay Plenty. Yep. Um, but a big step for me was actually Michael Campbell. Rank. I, yeah. I was, be, became friends with Michael. I met him at a few of the training squads and things. And he basically rang me up out of the blue and said, oh, wow. hey, look, I'm down here in Wellington. I'm, I'm beating everybody. I need some competition. Why don't you come down here and 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 oh, wow. and, 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 uh, and I'll try. And, and he was brilliant. He helped. He uh, got me set up down there with a place to stay and, and work. At, I worked as a greenkeeper at the golf club at yep. Manor Park so I could pay the bills and all that. And and then we just practiced a lot together and a few more people came and, and Mel Tung was down there working yeah. with him. And that was a big step forward for me because I, I became almost a professional amateur at that point. You know, I was practicing every day, playing all the local tournaments. And yeah. then I just moved up, you know, making the Wellington team and then the New Zealand junior team and then the New Zealand senior team and all that sort of. So the progression was was nice in, a, in quite a short space of time. 
Wow. So, I mean, like you moved to Wellington to just be in that competitive environment, did you? And like, you know, test yourself against Michael and those guys. And... Yeah, I felt like it was a, a, a crossroads, right? Because I, I was, I left school, I was working in a bank. Yep. I didn't like it. It was just a job and I was trying to play golf and I could see myself getting further away from my, what I'd scratched in yep. the floor, right? Um, I thought, well, I need to make a change here because I, I didn't really have any mentors or anything where I was. I was kind of on my own, just doing yep. it by myself. And so I thought, actually, this is a great opportunity to be, be around some great players and um, in a more competitive environment. And, and that's how it worked out. So, I mean, when, when you moved down there, did you kind of get back on track then and you started playing better golf, you know, because you were playing against better players like Michael Campbell and players like that? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it was almost instantaneous. Yeah. Um, the the, the, the uh, performance increased straight away. So, um, um, and, and, you know, and it was great fun because I was, you know, very competitive with, with yeah. the guys down there. And we were all competitive, but all good mates, but competitive yeah. with each other. So it was a great environment. And um, then you start winning, winning events and things and uh, it, it really fuels the fire, you know. I mean, so were you on a kind of like a par with Michael Campbell at that point, or was he like a better player or similar standard? Well, he was. He was. He was. He was. A, he was. He wasn't too happy because <laughs> I went down there, and within a short space of time, I was the number one in Wellington. Yeah, right? So, so, so when we and I, and I, he used to just win everything hands down. So I think yeah. it helped him actually too yeah. because he would he'd won the club champs at Manor Park, and he'd, and he was winning all the local tournaments and stuff. And I came down and I won the club champs a couple of times and beat him and in the finals, semi-finals, and then I won a few of the local tournaments. And then, then when, the, when the Wellington team was picked, I was picked at number one, and he was picked at number two. So he, he wasn't really happy with that. So oh, I think cool. it helped him kind of spur him on um, to, to, to better, bigger and better things as well, I think, in some ways. Yeah, I mean, it's not good just to win things hands down. It's like you need, you need to always be trying to beat right. someone, don't you? Right. And I think that's why he wanted me to come down too. That was you know, a motivating factor for him as well. Yeah, it's pretty sporting of him, isn't it, to say, "I'll oh, come down," and he knew you were a really good Fantastic. player, and like you know, take you take him on a step and be him. Oh, look, that, that's just that's he's just nice. typical of Michael. He's a super nice guy, right? And very generous with his, with everything, right? So it's no surprise after I got to know him, yeah. you know, well down there, and uh, um, you know what he's been able to go go ahead and do is we all know, and it's amazing. So yeah, so it was great to to spend that time with him in that that era, you know. I mean, are you, have you kept in touch with him at all, you know, since those days, since he's gone on to win, like, the USA? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's living in Spain right now, yeah. so obviously don't see each other very often. But, um, uh, yeah, always, always keep in touch and, yeah, uh, cool. yeah we'll, we'll, be mate, we'll be mates for life, no, no dramas, you know. So how did you guys kind of progress on to then becoming, like, the New Zealand team and the, the guys that represented New Zealand at the Eisenhower Trophy and, you know, go over to Canada? And how did, how did that journey sort of come along? Well, that was, it was an interesting one because I think um, the, the, the sort of nucleus of that team was almost picked, you know, quite a long way up. Yeah. And I think that was a, that was a smart thing that the, the, the managers and selectors yeah. did. I think they kind of took the core nu nucleus, not the exact team, but maybe, you know, six of the four and said, hey, you, you, oh, yeah. our team is going to come out of this six kind of thing. And yeah. you got, there's a little bit of competition. Someone's going to miss out. But I think most importantly, we, we knew we, we, we weren't, we knew we could focus on a bigger picture goal down the track and we were, had that in mind and we in our preparation all the way yeah. through building, 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 rather than kind of keeping you in the dark and then last minute saying, okay, you're in the team and then off you go, you know? Deep end, yeah. So, it's better to be prepared, isn't it? Right. And that helped us not only uh, to kind of plan our schedules and things, but also bond as a, as a group, yeah. you know? So we were 
very familiar with each other, all really good mates before we uh, before we went to that tournament. Yeah, it sounds like um, you know the morale was good and and there was a lot of sort of positive energy and you guys kind of had a really good feeling about it, didn't you? It seems like you you know expected to do well, really. And yeah, I think I think the the, the we didn't expect to win, but we believed yeah. we could. Yeah, uh, that's probably the way to put it. And um, and that was installed in us, instilled in us um, through Alex Mercer, the coach of the yeah. team, and through the management, Roger Bernand, and a few others. So, um, you know, they talked about it a lot, building up, and that you know, hey, you guys are good enough, and you can do this, and, and we all kind of believe that when we hopped on the plane, it was a big part of it. And um, so, I mean, how did it go when you, when when you won it? Like, did you all just play really well? Like well, I think the and... fortunate thing I, I felt like, uh, you know, Michael and and, and Philip were on fire. I mean, they finished yeah. first, Philip first and Michael second in the individual. So we knew those guys were, were going to shoot great scores yeah. uh, once once we got there and, and um, they were in good form going in there too. So I think my role, and, and Grant might even say the same thing, my role I felt was to be consistent yeah. and make sure that, you know, because there's three or four scores to count. So I wanted to make sure that we didn't have to count a 75 or something, which would probably blow us out. You know, I didn't want to see, yeah. you know, Michael shooting 68 and we've got to count you know, 74 or 75. So I just thought, make sure it's uh, a good score. I mean, if you had a great day and you could get a low one, fantastic. But um, I played slightly conservatively, especially the last two days, just to make sure that, uh, you know, we had counting scores yeah. that were that were good, you know, let those guys do the fireworks. Yeah, well, that mean it all worked out, didn't it? So you guys, you yeah. guys won, you beat America. <clears throat> and it was very, they had a great team, Zod, they? They had um, David Duval and Justin Leonard and... Um, yeah, they had a great side. And there was other sides there. The Australian side was very strong. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of teams that had strong sides. So, um, you yeah, to come out on top was was pretty pretty special. Do, do you think, like, was there kind of like the media reaction? Were they a little bit surprised, you know, that New Zealand beat all those other teams, you know, like America? And... Uh, I don't know. We didn't get much of a feel of that over yeah. there. We got a lot of attention. Um, yeah. And then, um, but the biggest surprise for me was when we arrived back in New Zealand, how big a deal it was. Uh, I, I, I'm still surprised, to be honest. Um, um, but at the time, particularly when we arrived back at, at Auckland Airport, it was like a whole bunch of people waiting yeah. for, for us and wanting to talk to us. And that carried <laughs> on for for a period of time, right? There was a lot of yeah. interviews and um, articles in, in golf magazines and other things um, that, that I think probably surprised all of us. Yeah, I mean, I think even to this day, I, I, every every time that New Zealand play in it, that you, your guys' names are mentioned, aren't they? Has been the last winner, <laughs> so that's every year, every right. two years. So away. someone someone needs to to go one <laughs> of these teams. I think we were pretty close last, a couple of years yeah. ago. So yeah, they were close. We need to get one of these teams to go and break the break the hoodoo and be the be the next New Zealand winner. It'd be great. Yeah, and there was there was quite a cool article, and it, I think it said, um, oh, was it twenty five years on or something like that? And it it just caught up with everyone and saw what they'd done and where they were right. heading and stuff. Yeah, no, it's right. massive, wasn't it? I mean, I guess for golf, because New Zealand's probably better known for some of the other sports, like rugby and stuff, isn't it, and cricket? Oh, oh, absolutely, yeah. You're the number one cricket team in the world right now. Yeah, and the All Blacks oh, are almost always <laughs> the number one. So, yeah, it's golf's, golf's uh, down the down the list a little bit. I'm, I'm sure you've reminded your colleagues of that this week. <laughs> Oh, definitely. I, I was just watching, actually. <laughs> Say hey there. Just, I just ducked out. We've got a TV in the office here, so I just ducked out yeah. to see the finish of the uh, Australian-Indian match just now. So I was interested in that. But, yeah, I've, a couple of mates over here, Lucas Barsons and others, and I've been giving it a bit of stick that 
we've got the number one batsman in the world and the number one team in the world at the moment. So enjoy that while yeah. it lasts. <laughs> yeah, no, I often trust him, man. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally, um, I hear what you're saying. Like, because I, I mean, when I, I've been reading some of the, because I'm kind of new to New Zealand, I've been here eight years. So I was originally okay. from the UK. And yep. um, like I've been watching during the lockdown and stuff, I watched all the documentaries, you know, on, um, and it was, it was a whole series of the guys that kind of went, well, it was partly Michael Campbell and, and those mm. guys, but it also obviously yep. mentioned you guys. And yep. it was uh, like a four part series or something about, you know, the yeah, right. trophy of winning it. And Man, wow. um, yeah, that no, was really interesting. So, um, and that, that kind of like, yeah, speared me on a bit, you know, I thought oh, I'd be great to talk, talk to them all, see right. where they are now. Right. Yeah, so right, like right. I, I spoke to one guy. I mean, like I spoke to um, Kieran Muir, for instance. He's a professional yep. in New Zealand. And he's on mm. the, uh, mainly on the China tour, but he plays a lot in New Zealand. Um, yep. Yeah, and he, he mentioned you said, oh, you were like a mentor and he, you know, okay. played with you and looked up to you. And, and he said, oh, he's he's over in Australia. You should, you know, track him down. <laughs> but, right, <laughs> I'm not that hard to track down. <laughs> not that hard you to track down. And... <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, so that's cool. So obviously you won that, and you, you came back to New Zealand, and so you had like a bit of a hero's welcome, really. I would I would think of it. Yeah, it was. I mean, um, I think it was particularly a lot of focus, obviously, on on Phil and and and, yeah. and Michael, given their individual performances. But hmm. but overall, uh, in terms of just winning that trophy, was um, yeah, it took us certainly took me by surprise. It was uh, very much that way for that sort of hero's welcome, as you say. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a real team effort, though, wasn't it? Like, you, like, so you needed everyone to be firing, and I think all the guys say that they they don't say, "Oh, it was, yes, Phil, Phil won the individual or whatever," but everyone right. had to play well, didn't they? Because you have against guys. Yeah, like that, and, and that's also that's also the the measure of the the the, the uh, friendship that we all have as well. Yeah. Everyone's got respect. We've all got some respect for each other, and we're all friends, and we all get on pretty good, even though we don't see each other that much these days. Um, but um, you know, this, um, we, we do plan to get back together again at some point and maybe have a bit of a reunion. Maybe next year would be nice with 30 years, but um, yes. <laughs> if we can. Yeah, so it was a long, long, long time ago. But, but uh, yeah, so I think that you'll hear, you'll hear that from, from all the other guys as well. Oh, yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be yeah, epic. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, so, like, what happened after that? And obviously you probably thought, you know, what the next step would probably be to turn professional, I guess, wouldn't it, once you've won something like that? And... Well, all of us had had plans to turn professional anyway. That was that, regardless of the result over there. That just was a bit of a bonus, right? Okay. Um, so um, we'd all we'd all made plans, and pretty much the very very next year, all of us did, and and kind of went in slightly different directions with different career paths and all that. But that was the plan for for all of us for sure. Um, and I'd you know, for personally, I'd played uh, amateur golf for New Zealand and and for for a few years by then, and and yeah. travelled around and and in terms of Excuse me. In terms of um, amateur golf, that was probably the, the pinnacle. Apart from winning, you know, a, a US amateur or a, yeah. you know Australian amateur or something like that. But I didn't want to hang around. At, I was at you know 22 years of age, and mm. um, I didn't want to hang around. And I thought the time was right. So that was always the plan in 1993 to to take the jump across to professional. Yeah. So where did you um, start playing professionally? I just I just started, and in, in my first step was just to Australia, just to come yeah. and play the. Uh, the tour was a little stronger than thin than it is yeah. now in terms of number of events. So you could sort of get around and play a few tournaments. So um, I just came over, played very well actually at the qualifying school and qualified quite high. And then I could play a bunch of tournaments. And, and I got off the pretty fast start. I made a, 
quite a bit of money in the first. I thought it was the easiest thing ever. <laughs> I just went straight in and, and, and I made more money, you know, than I'd ever seen in the first wow. six months of being a pro. So I thought this is pretty cool. And then from there, um, just been, I had enough that sort of bankrolled me, I guess, for going up to Asia and going a bit further afield yeah. and getting a bit more experience in it, at playing different types of conditions and courses yeah. and things. So, so that was the pro progression, and then and then further on to Europe later on. So, I mean, the standard that you were playing at amateur level was that good enough to to get you started professionally? Like, or, or did you change anything when you first went on tour? Like, did you have to play a bit? No, I didn't play. I always thought that I had the, the game to yeah. compete with in the professional game. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. But um, what 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 I did notice was, you know, you know, uh, if I played a four round tournament and put you know four the four scores together, uh, you know, say four seventies or something like that, yeah. or four seventy ones. You know, usually you'd you'd come out in the top few in an amateur tournament. You do the same thing in, in the professional tournament, and, and you're running, you know, thirtieth or something. So just the depth of player was what what the difference was. But but you you know got used to that uh, pretty quickly. But yeah, you, you had to be on your game. You couldn't afford to uh, really throw in. And in the amateur game, you know, you throw in that seventy five or something, and you can kind of recover if you yeah. have a couple of good rounds. Whereas in the pro game, you you, you do that, and you, you you initially really come back with a strong one. You're, you're down the track, you know, Mr. Cart, and off you go. It sounds like um, it got off to a good start for you though, didn't it? If you won money a lot in your first year, and I mean, like, did you feel a lot of pressure, you know, playing playing for a living, or did you, did you just not, not, not really. I, I don't really remember remember there being a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like I say, I got off to a pretty good start. Yeah. I had high expectations. I was pretty confident, young young man at that point. Um, so, you know, I, I I sort of expected to do well. So, yeah. um, you know, the fact that I did didn't surprise me. Um, and then, um, yeah, so it gave me, gave me good confidence in the first sort of t six to 12 months of being professional that, hey, that was the right decision and yep. uh, I justified that. And then, then it was, okay, well, what to from here sort of thing. So at that point, did you go over and, and sort of um, try to try luck over in, on the European tour and, and some sort of bigger events and stuff? Yeah, I, I sort of mucked around, if, if that's the right word, for two or three years in, in sort of Asia, yep. uh, the Pacific Islands a little bit, Australia. New Zealand, uh, and, and just trying to sort of, um, uh, I guess, bed in my game, I suppose, maybe try and win some tournaments, that kind of thing. Um, so it was you know, probably two or three years I did that before I, I think it was 96 before I went across to, to Europe for the first time. So, so that, that was sort of three years really of playing around and um, more close to home. So in the, you started out, you were on the challenge tour, is that right? And then you... Yeah. So I just went over, I got an invite. Um, yeah. So I went over and, and, um, and, and played well in that tournament and got a, I think I finished in the top 10 or something. So I got a chance to play the next week and then, yeah. then, I, won, then I won the next tournament. So then I, suddenly I was exempt uh -huh. <laughs> for the whole uh, season. And then so I thought, oh, okay, well, I better give this a red hot go to try to get my European tour card this way. And, and I did that that first year yeah. that I was over there. So, so that worked out pretty good. So were you, were you able to kind of keep your card straight away or did it? Or was it just like another level again? And uh, I was off and on. I, I'm trying to think. It's a long time ago. I'm trying to think whether that set the first year that I that I kept my card in '97. Or, I can't remember. I'm not sure if I did or not. I was. I, I don't recall really having a, a lot of years in a row where I was where I kept my card. I'd sort of keep it for a year or two, yeah. then I'd lose it and go back to the Challenge Tour. And so I was always a little bit in between. I never uh, got to the to the level where I was. You know, just easily 
year after year after year in the top, you know, 80 or 60 or something like that. It was always a, a couple of good years, but it was always a bit of a battle, to be honest. So, I mean, there was a couple of years there where you did, you, you were sort of top 100, when you? And you had quite a few mm. top 10s and there's, there's quite a lot of big names, like winning the tournaments, isn't there? Like people like Paul Casey and right. players like right. that. And you were kind of, yeah. I don't know, there or there about three, you went like not far yeah, off in, pace. And, in, in the mix, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like you must have been playing pretty good, but what, I mean, looking back, was there yeah. anything you would do differently or? Yeah, I think, I think you know, I, I was, if I look back, you know, I was a little bit disappointed with, with my, if I look at my career, I've yeah. got to be honest, I'm disappointed. I, I expected to do better. Um, having said that, um, you know, if I had my time again, probably the, probably the one thing that I would probably do differently is just sort of trust my own instincts a little bit yeah. more. Um, you know, that gut feel, if you like, of, you know, should I do this? Should I not do that? I, I think I probably listened, probably was too influenced by a few people along the way. Um, I know a lot of people say that, but both, you know, coaches and players alike that I probably could have, you know, been a bit more forthright in my decision making and just say, hey, you know, actually, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this because it doesn't feel right for me. Or, or you know, you, it, it's hard sometimes not to be even influenced by other players. You know, you're suddenly rubbing shoulders with, the Colin Montgomery's and Paul Casey's and Lee Westwood's of the world. And, and it's hard not to be a little bit influenced by, by some of the things those guys do. And it may not, may or may not be good for the way you want to play, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I think some guys, they, you, you do see what the other guys are doing, don't you? And you might try and do what they're doing, but rather than do your yeah. own thing and all that. Yeah. You have to have, I think I would just have a bit more, you know, the blinkers on a little bit yeah. and say, okay, this is, this is me. I'm Stephen Scarhill. This is the way I'm going to do it. And, this is what, what's got me to here. I'm going to keep keep doing this and and just be a bit more single-minded. Probably yeah. be the only thing. Whether that would have made a difference or not, I don't know. But that's probably the thing that comes to mind. What would you say like were your kind of main strengths or, or weaknesses or, or anything that you wanted to be better at? Or um, I think my main strengths were uh, you know I was a pretty hard worker. Yeah. I didn't wasn't afraid to spend some time working on my game and staying in shape and all that stuff. And then I was always pretty good at chipper and putter even when I was an amateur, sort of kept me in the game. You know, I was always a, a guy that could, even if I wasn't playing that great, I could get it around in a, in a competitive score. Um, but I did struggle over the years with my, you know, accuracy off the tee and my, my iron ball striking. So probably my ball striking was the thing that let me down, um, I would say, over time compared to some of the better players. Yeah, that, that sort of held me back from, you know, getting to that next level, maybe winning, winning on the European yeah. Tour and being in the top, you know, 50 or 60 players consistently, so. And um, what would be kind of some of your key highlights of your, your career though? Um, I know you went, you went to events, didn't you? And yeah, I think the, the, the tournament that I, the, the tournament that I'm most proud of was the, yeah. um, well, it was only on the challenge tour, but um, it was the Cuban Open. Yeah. I don't know if they've ever played it since, but, and mainly because, um, you know, I, I was practicing with my coach in Florida for a week before that, and I knew what I had to do. I was, I was um, on the cusp. I, I was outside the top. I think it was 15 or so, or at that point, it had to, you had to be in the top 15 to yeah. to advance to the European Tour, and and um, and so you know, I really set a, a target to go down there and do well, and end up winning the tournament, and then you know, finishing I don't know fourth or fifth in the in the order of merit that year because of that win. So I was I was pretty proud to go down there in the last event of the year and, and move from outside and, and move in and graduate to the European tour. That was pretty. I, pretty well, I mean, any, any professional win anywhere is, is a big achievement really, isn't it? But like, um, 
I think you beat, wasn't it Henrik Stenson or someone like that in there? Pretty sure he was in that, that field. I can't. I know he played the challenge tour. Yeah, he was he there was that there time. I, I can't remember. <laughs> it's a long time ago, Jack. The memory's not yeah, as Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, so, and then, I mean, did you get to the point where you felt like, um, you know, you wanted to take your career in a different direction? Or, like, was there a particular reason that you, you know, was it like an injury or did you run out of money or, like, why did no, you sort of change no, direction? No, it wasn't. It wasn't an injury, but it was. It's like that feeling in the back of your yeah. mind that just creeps up on you and keeps keeps your little voice keeps nagging at you. And I had always thought that I would probably reassess around the age of forty, yeah. whether whether I um, wanted to continue or not. And getting close to that, I, I, I you know, I, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to continue. My game wasn't getting much better. I was, you know, financially wasn't, you know, I was hurting a little bit. And then I thought, well, you know. The, re- the reality of being having a better career in your 40s than, than in the 30s is probably slim. So I thought it was an opportunity. And I wasn't enjoying it, to be honest, as much because of the up and downs of the... I had more downs and ups at that point, yeah. the sort of you know, late 30s. And I thought, you know what, um, I'm going to do something. I wasn't... I was a bit grumpy. You know, my wife was, was always telling me, you know, you're more in a bad mood than a good mood. And I thought, well, there's no way to, to, no, to live, no. right? So... And I thought at 40, I could still, I was still young enough to yeah. maybe do something else and, and take another career. And I, did, and, I, and, I, and I had seen a few of my friends uh, around that same age just kind of drudge, you know, trudging along doing it because they didn't, couldn't think of anything else to do or, exactly, or didn't yeah. want to make a, didn't want to try something else, right? So I thought yeah. I don't want to be that person and, yeah. and not be enjoying it, you know? So, I mean, how did you so, make that transition into like a whole new career? Like, you know, you didn't, did you have to like retrain or how, how did you have like the contacts and that kind of thing to? Um, well, I didn't have any contacts and I, and I initially was thinking of staying in the golf industry yeah. um, in some capacity. I didn't know exactly what, um, but not really many opportunities came up. So I, I decided to settle in Sydney because I thought, well, there's 6 million people here. There's got to be some opportunities um, compared to, you know, going back to New Zealand. Yep. So, uh, and I just thought, well, I don't have a university degree or any really specific uh, skill set. So maybe I've always got on well with people. So maybe maybe sales, I could get into sales. Yep. So I just started looking for sales jobs. And after a couple of, a uh, few interviews, I, I, I came across this company and ended up joining with them. And, and that was, you know, 11 years ago or so. Oh, wow. I mean, was, it, was there any kind of skills that you did get through your golf career or was it like your traveling your life experience was it was that stuff kind of transferable or was it like literally starting from scratch almost no it was absolutely transferable yeah. um you know relating to people being able to talk to people um i think a lot of the discipline of of being organized and planned and yeah. uh, your own boss you know um uh, in the role that i took here was a little bit that way too you sort of was fairly independent in terms of going out there and doing you know what you had to do so you had to plan your, your days and weeks and months and that suited me because that's what I was doing already. And, and so it actually wasn't that, that apart from the training for the actual, you know, the product line and, and, yep. and how to go about it, I had no idea, but, you know, I had a good trainer and um, uh, it was a pretty quick, you know, pretty quick learning curve and, and, and I got cotton onto it pretty quick, I think. So it wasn't that difficult. Wow, that's pretty impressive though, really, to go from, you know, one career to another like that. And... <laughs> Well, it was, we don't, when you think about it, you know, I was, it was seven days a week, you know, um, like traveling yeah, that I was doing before. And all, all of a sudden, someone only asked me to work from, you know, five days a week and from, you know, seven or eight in the morning till four or five at night and, thought, <laughs> and have weekends off. And, yeah, wow. 
and and have public holidays off. I'd never yeah. had that before, you know. So <laughs> I thought, wow, this is actually not that not that bad. So is it almost like um, you know a normal career is a bit easier than than the sort of tour and pro career, you know, traveling around the world? For me, definitely um, more stable. Yeah, Jack as well. That's 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 where I think. Um, family, yeah. Even though it was sales in a commission role and things like that, yeah. but um, I just found there wasn't so many ups and downs, and I was yeah. in a better mood yeah. most of the time than I was before. So, uh, um, and 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 to be honest, I I'd, I'd made the mental decision most importantly to say, well, you know what, I've put everything into it for. 20 odd years and yeah. and it's time to walk away from it and I've got no regrets you know I've, yeah. I couldn't have tried any harder so I walked away sort of a satisfied person and then okay well, let's open the door for this thing and, and see what we can do and I've got a very competitive nature so yeah. this job allows me to um, you know use that competitive nature and what I'm doing as well so there's there's synergy there um, from that point of view as well. Um, do do any of your kind of colleagues or people you work with now like do they kind of mention the fact that you were you know like a well-known professional golfer and oh they all know that I, they, yeah they all know that I'm, I, I was a professional golfer I think some of them have probably had a look and see and to see what I did and some of them not but yeah they all know I used to play golf for for a living so they they give me a hard time about it sometimes <laughs> sometimes we some, and then we have company golf days and stuff so yeah. sometimes you know we get we go and play with them. And, do you fun. give it a go then sometimes? Do you, do you go back out there occasionally? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll play. Not not very often, but I'll, I'll probably play every couple of months now, something yeah. like that, I suppose. So not very frequently. But I'm thinking of joining a, a club not far from where I live and just, yeah. just playing a bit more often just so that – because it is a bit frustrating when you haven't played for eight weeks and you, you, know, and you sort of feel like you're starting from scratch again. Yeah. So, you know um, – it's a bit embarrassing when you say, "Oh, yeah, I used to be professional," and you just you know, head <laughs> off sideways into the trees and stuff. So, um, I'd like to play a little bit more. Um, well, I'd expect that even if you only played, you know, infrequently, you'd still be still pretty good. <laughs> well, well, it comes and goes. Actually, some days you surprise yourself and you go, "Wow, actually, that was better than way better than I expected." And other times, <laughs> it's just a complete disaster. But the good news is, you can you can at the end of it, it doesn't really matter. You're not. It's not. You know, you're not getting a paycheck at the end of it, so just go and have a beer and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it must be um, a little bit more fun, a little bit more relaxed now, almost. Like, you still want to, you know, play decent, but hmm. like you say, you don't have to... It's not your main job or anything else. So well, well oh, yeah, it's a totally totally different situation, totally different uh, feeling. But, yeah, you still have pride, you know, you still want to play well, you still like to hit good shots, and it's a nice feeling when you hit a shot the way you envisaged it, but, but it's not, uh, you know... It's not uh, you're not having to pay the rent on whether you succeed or not. So you're not kind of missing that those tournaments. You know, you're not thinking about playing as an amateur or senior tour or anything like that. Or... Nah. No, no, no. I, I never even give it a second thought. To be honest, I, I still I still watch a bit of golf on TV from time yeah. to time. You know, major championships and that sort of thing. And, and I still enjoy playing from you know here and there, like I said. But I know no desire at all to to get back out there and on the seniors tour or anything like that. You don't miss, miss kind of like tour life. You sort of had your time and, you know, did your bit. And... Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun, you know, as a young man, um, you know, traveling around the world, seeing places for the first time, you know, all over yeah. Europe and Asia and a uh, bit in South America and South Africa, all those places. I never would have got the opportunity to travel like that with anything else. So uh, that was that was a wonderful part of it. But um you know, it, it is there always in the back of your mind that why you're there. You know, so you, it's not like 
definitely not like going on holiday where you're just completely <laughs> relaxed. You know, you're, you're always on, you know, you're, you're always in, in, in your mind thinking about what's, what's what I have to do tomorrow, what I have to do tonight, what I've got to do to prepare and then what's coming up and all that kind of stuff. So it's not really, even though there's some cool places you can go see, it's not, it's not like going there on holiday. I'd love to go back. I haven't been back since I retired, so I'd love to go back to, to Europe and just maybe have a, two or three week holiday and sort of look around some of the places as a, as a tour, a true tourist rather than sort of working. Oh man, that, no, that'd be really cool. Like, and like what, on your time on tour though, who, who would have been like the best players that you played with? You must have played with some of the kind of big names. Yeah. I played with most of the guys in, yeah. in Europe. I, ne- I never got to play with um, um, Tiger Woods. Uh, probably the biggest name that I played really early on, actually in my first, first year was Greg Norman at the Australian oh, wow. Masters. So that was kind of cool because he was still, well, I don't think he was number one, but he was right up there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd never seen, I still to this day haven't seen crowds as big as that day when yeah. I played with him on the, I think it was the Saturday, him on the Saturday and Ian Baker Finch on the Sunday. So that was a kind of a cool weekend from from what was literally weeks before I was yeah. still, still an amateur, you know. So oh, wow. um, that was kind of a cool transition to get on the first tee and see the whole, the whole, fairway you know people surrounding the fairway you know 10 deep for, for to see greg norman and there i was walking on the fairway with him so that was kind of cool um but so he was probably the biggest name player that i that i that i ever played with considering where he was in the, in the world rankings at that point but you know, a lot of those guys lee westwood and darren clark and nick faldo and those guys and miguel Jimenez, i played yeah. with those guys over time and they all they were all I mean, amazing players yeah, I think Greg Norman was world number one for, for a long time, wasn't he? Like a few yeah, he was. I think he's probably up there, maybe only second to Tiger Woods for a number of weeks. So, so this was 1993. So, I don't know what his world ranking was then, but he was, but he was still uh, still up there. So, I mean, what was what was so like impressive about playing with someone like Greg Norman? Like, was it his ball striking or his mental game? Not really. Just his, but... yeah, just his demeanor. You know, he just yeah. owned the place. You know, he just. Yeah. Walked around like he was—he's the king, and he was the king, I guess. But, but he, yeah, just the way—that's what I took from that day. That yeah. He just sort of strutted around like, "Hey, this is this is uh, my backyard, and I'm going to own it." You know, he didn't play particularly well. I think we tied, or he might have beat me by a shot um, that day. But neither of us had very good scores. I think it was like I might have shot 72, and he shot 71 or something. So it was, wasn't great. But, um, but I don't remember how he played. I just remember that's what I remember from the day that. The way he sort of uh, how much confidence he had. Well, no, no, I can imagine. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's supremely confident. He still is, really, isn't he? Even though he doesn't really play much, oh, he still yeah. has like a big, big <laughs> name and voice in the game, doesn't he? Even though he doesn't really play much. Like. Yeah, he's got. He's always got plenty to say, and uh, yeah, he's got an opinion on everything. And and he's yeah, he's super competitive guy in the business world more than anything now. Oh, I guess. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, no, he's quite an interesting guy to follow, isn't he? Um, have you got in like your time in golf? Have you got any kind of crazy stories or funny anecdotes about any of those guys, or, or even how much golf? Any of that? Not, not really. I was thinking about that because I looked at the, the thing you sent me, but I was sort of racking my brain, thinking: Is there anything that obviously is? is you know, he told a few good ones, though. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a few, but but um, the one, all the ones I can think of can't be repeated. <laughs> so, so, so look. I, Honestly, I don't. I can't think of anything that, any, that would be would be would be suitable to. You know, that would be funny enough. I, to I thought you might spill the beans now because you're not know, playing like so. You do, but, um, <laughs> I don't want to get anyone in trouble or myself in trouble. What about like um, <laughs> your best 
fair celebration, you know, like, for instance, you know, winning in Cuban Open or something like that. Um, did you have any, or Eisenhower Trophy? Um, I think that, I think the, the as I said, the, the Cuban Open probably was the tournament that I was most satisfied with. So I do remember a, a, a big sense of satisfaction at the end of that. I did, I had a few glasses of wine that night. I definitely enjoyed myself yeah. the night before we, we, fl we fl I flew back to Florida and then enjoyed myself again when I got to Florida. Just, But I think that that was not a combination of you know, um, relief as much as anything too. Yeah. Um, you know, you work through the whole year and then finally achieve your goal on the, in the last event of the year. It's, it's, a, it's a big relief as much as a, as a pat on the back for a job well done, you know. Yeah, I mean, did you think at that point, oh, you know, there was going to be heaps more victories? Did you feel like oh, I'm on, you know, on the right trajectory or did you just not know really how it was going to... No, I still didn't really know. That didn't... Yeah. That didn't I mean, I was, I, I was, I played very well that week and, and, and uh, I had, I had a, just a good feeling all week. I liked the course. I, yeah. I, I, I had a feeling I was going to be pretty close uh, and some things worked out for me in the end to, to actually win, but... I, no, I didn't come away from that week thinking, okay, that's it, my platform. Um, I'm, I'm off and next year is going to be amazing. Um, gave me a boost, but not not that kind of magic feeling of, okay, that's it, I've got it now and I'm going to go and you know, kick ass next year. And I think you might have done, didn't you do really well in one of the New Zealand Opens um, where you came quite close? Possibly. Was yeah, it I, good I had a good, I, had, I think I had a good New Zealand Open at. Um, at Paraparam one year, that's probably maybe been my best. Yeah. I might have finished Quite third close. or fourth or something. Um, I'm trying I to think. think is that the one where Tiger Woods? Did Tiger Woods yeah, play it was the one it? that yeah. Tiger, was one that Tiger Tiger played in it. Because I, I think I either I might even have tied with him, like fourth yeah, or did, something yeah. like that. Or yeah, so I remember he held a. I remember actually, I do remember that. He, I remember finishing and then he held a. I mean, for him, he, he wasn't going to win it, so he wasn't bothered. But he held like a ten foot putt or something, and I realised that if he'd missed that, I would have. Beat him. <laughs> Should have been pretty cool, but would have been uh, a nice one. That, that's the one I think that was probably my best result in the New Zealand Open. I think it was fourth. Oh well, time, time, time with Tigers. Quite. That's all right, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll take it. Don't get me wrong. If I could have tied him a few more times, it would have been a much better career. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I'm not sure. Was that was that maybe because Steve Williams had an influence? Is that why he was playing in in that? Because he didn't really. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was a big part of yeah. getting him down there. Of course, you know he wanted—he's uh, a Kiwi, so so yeah. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, cool. All right, well, no, it's been—it's been awesome catching up with you. It's nice to know, you know, uh, where you're at, where you're up to, and I think everyone else is still kind of keen to hear, you know, what you're up to, and and that reunion sounds like it's going to be going to be pretty good. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's only informal at the moment. We haven't yeah. all committed, but, but <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we can pull it together. Um, as long as you know, we get on top of COVID, obviously, we can we can oh, move yeah. around a bit more. Yeah, but if that can happen, then, then there's every chance we can do that. That'd be fun. I'd like to do that. So, yeah, well, um, it'd be great if you start playing, start playing again locally as well. I'm sure you'll uh, burn it up and win for a few. Yeah, that'd be so. yeah, just, just just from a just from a satisfaction, just a, you know, a bit of fun and, and yeah, at least keep the game somewhat. In some kind of shape, <laughs> uh, would be good. I, I, I definitely bet on you if you had turned up at the local, you know, <laughs> haggle or six horse event. I reckon you'll win. That'd be awesome. Oh, no, appreciate it, man. Thanks, thanks a lot for the chat. And uh, no worries. Yeah, take it easy. All right. No, I appreciate the time, Jack. And yeah, no, I miss New Zealand, so hopefully I can get back there again soon. And um, yeah, thanks for having me on.
All right. Good on you, Jack.